Hey, welcome to my show. I'm Schnoodlebug. This is a DIY podcast about making stuff no matter what. As always, this episode is brought to you by Schnoodle Video, your one-stop media shop. If you've watched Adult Swim in the past couple of years, you've probably seen Phoebe Parsons' animation, perhaps through the psychedelic anthology series Off the Air, which featured her short film Terror Fervor, an animated flashback in an episode of Three Busy Debras, or her 30-second take on Rick and Morty played during ad breaks. Phoebe graciously took the time to call into the show to talk shop. Because I've had to think about this more, like it always feels more recent, but now that I've had the question come up a couple of times, I'm like, I guess, honestly, I mean, like most people, it was cartoons when I was a kid, actually. It took until really recently to be like, oh, that's something I could do, even for fun or for money or for whatever success. I mean, I grew up watching cartoons, like Ren and Stimpy and stuff like that really formed my mind. But when you say recently, like what, how many years is recently in terms of like getting comfortable with that? Like I I did go to art school. I went to Emily Carr and took film like 2005 to 2009 or whatever. But I wasn't, I didn't really take animation there. I, I did, I did two experimental animation courses, classes while I was there, but I, was honestly so intimidated by the animation students that I just like couldn't take any regular 2D or 3D classes. I, I walked into one once and like saw everyone's kind of little portfolios they had out. And I was like, oh, I don't belong here. Like I'm going back to the experimental lab. Like I need to get out of here, which was just a confidence problem. I wouldn't have, I obviously could have done it, but I, I didn't really know it's what I wanted to do. But I, my grad film ended up being like a, a mixed media piece that did have a lot of animation in it. But even then I wasn't really thinking about it. It just, I just like mixed media a lot. So I was like, okay, there'll be a part like this. There'll be a claymation part. Maybe we'll draw on cells. I just really liked doing analog versions of things. Just inherently, it wasn't, didn't feel like much of a choice, especially at that time. It was not, I mean, people were still just getting used to computer animating and shit anyway. Was the experimental media program there uh, mostly like film or were you using digital cameras as well? I mean, you could pick your courses to kind of build whatever you wanted at that point because Emily Carr was still on Granville Island and they had all the really old film equipment. I took all the film courses that I could. So they still had like shoot, shoot a 16 millimeter uh, project with sound on the film and then edited on the steam back and like you, you you could pick up the classes where you would literally never touch a computer if you wanted to and i did because i just didn't feel comfortable with uh computers at that point i just liked having the actual thing too after film school i just kind of got swept up in the in the film industry my mom is a costume designer film and tv costume designer for like 30 years after like graduating Emily Carr and not immediately having any idea what I was doing, like most people. It's like, okay, well, that's done. So that's fine. I wasn't really worried about it, but my mom was like, come work for me. <laughs> I was like, okay, that sounds like good money and a pretty interesting job. I'm, I'm not like uh, as passionate about costume as she is or anything, but it's interesting. And then I just, that job is just so demanding that I did that for like 10 years full-time 
and those are like 12 hour days. So you don't have a lot of time for anything else. I, I did just kind of, I don't, I can't remember if somebody told me about it or if I was just looking into the NFB and they have like a, um, like a filmmaker's assistance grant, which is a really low amount that's just for, uh, material. It's like a materials grant. So it's like, you can only get it once ever. I think it's up to like, I don't know what it is anymore, but at that point it was like up to $3,000 to just buy materials basically, or rent equipment to, to make, to, to make a small project. So I just kind of applied for that and got it. And then I was like, okay, I'll start making a cell animation. So I just kind of started making terror fervor like at night when I would get home from work. And I just, for that project, I just really, like I said, didn't have any practical training in animation and I just kind of made it up. I like filmed some reference videos of friends like wearing monster faces and kind of like, I I had all these sketches. I worked on what the characters look like so I knew what each character was and then I like dressed my friends up and made them move around like they were the characters. And then I just started drawing, which it now feels kind of chaotic. I drew it from the beginning till the end. And like, I didn't sketch it. I just, I drew it like pencil on paper without scanning it or checking it at all. I just like drew it from one to 3,200. I brought the box to Staples and they, it was like a huge banker's box cause it's like over 3000 drawings. And I was like, Ooh, I wonder what this is going to look like after like a year of doing that. And, um, they lost the box immediately. Like I went back and <laughs> the kid behind the counter was just like, yeah, we didn't have that. I was like, oh. <laughs> and I had already snuck out on my lunch break to go to over to the Staples to check. And I was like, just had this existential moment at the counter with this like kid who was the manager. And I was like, all right, I'm going to have to just let it go. And talking to him like this, like, I'm just gonna have to let it go, man. Like, that's what life is, I guess. And he's like, I don't know. Uh, okay. Bye. <laughs> he just didn't care at all. He didn't understand. I was like, no, no, it was like a huge box. You can't just lose it. It's really heavy. And he's like, I call cause they had to, if it's, if it's that amount, they won't do it in store. They like send it out. And then a couple days later, I was like, I'm just going to check again because it's kind of ridiculous. I had marked the box with my name and number all over it. And it's not like anything else I'm sure that they had as far as work orders go. It's staples. Everything else would have been like work documents. This is like a drawing of monsters that goes on for thousands of pages. Um, somebody would remember it. And anyway, they found it, and it was, it was like, oh, yeah, it was actually right over your ear. Um, <laughs> like, no big deal. And it worked, or I watched it, and I was like, this looks awesome. It looks great. Um, so then I just inked it onto cell, onto plastic sheets, which I had. I don't know why I did this. Like, I told you I got a grant for materials, and it, to save money... I bought rolls of overhead transparencies, like the kind that you would have in class where the teacher puts on the overhead and then draws with the marker on them. Right. So they're like 50 foot rolls of like kind of not the best quality plastic, but usable. I bought like 
a hundred rolls of those and then got a like a, a guillotine cutter and made my own tiny cell making factory in my room where I bought like a I bought the um, the the whole punch press and the and the guillotine and I had the rolls on a piece of dowling and just like it took forever. I was like, this will be quick, but it wasn't. And also because they were on a roll, they were all inherently rounded. So I had to like then flatten them all out. That I would never recommend anyone does that. Like just I know that cells are hard to find now and expensive, but it's would have been worth it. Um, yeah, and then painted them. So I just kind of did it. I really didn't think about it. It was like almost an automatic response thing. Where it's like, you draw one monster morphing into another monster, and then you trace it onto cells, and then you and then you paint it. Uh-huh. I have a habit of like, I know this will look cool no matter what. Like when you shoot stuff on film, you're like, it's film. It's going to look nice even if I didn't really think it through or I don't know what I'm doing. I remember seeing it for the first time through um, Off the Air, which is one of yeah. my favorite shows. How, how did that happen? Like most people say, it's not like, ooh, I worked really hard and persevered. It's like I met someone who knew somebody who knew somebody who worked, who works at Adult Swim. And they don't, it was like someone at work, uh, like who works on the costume truck, just happened to be friends with somebody who's married to a, like an executive at Adult Swim. And... She was like, do you want me to just, like, introduce you to him? And I was like, yeah, yes. So we were down in L.A. for the Emmys anyway, for costume-related stuff, for uh, Lemony Snicket, that TV show. And then I just, like, went on a, like, a, a meet and tour of, of cartoon, the Cartoon Network Studios like a oh, wow. yeah, like a little like I was really excited, and they gave me a little backpack of swag and stuff. But at the same time, I also met this executive who was like, "If you have anything you want to show me, like it was just like you just meet someone who's friendly and it's just like, oh, I heard you draw. What if you I I can give you Dave's contact, and Dave is the guy who makes off the yeah. air." in the end. And Dave saw a tear for him and was like, this is awesome. I want to put it on off the air. Wow. That's <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really, because I, I obviously I sought out the original terror fervor after, but I really like how he incorporated it into the mix. And from what I've read, he seems to do a lot of those remixes himself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing it forever and he's it's funny because I've like now worked on a few things with him and have like a lot of correspondence, but it's all through email. So I really, his emails are all very polite. He's super nice. He does a lot of the editing and he always has, he's really kind of like a video editor kind of, kind of guy. So he really gets excited about the transitions between one animation or video to the, to the next. Like, that's the main focus for him. He's like, he's always like, Ooh, how about if it goes like this into this one and then these little things become these things, and which is awesome. That's why the show is so good. Yeah. His data moshing in particular, like, there's a lot of people that do it, but I really enjoy how he does it with those trans- yeah. transitions. They're yeah. Really very cool. I, I would imagine that's how you got to work on stuff like Three B- Busy Debras 
and doing some of the more like the the intros, like the Halloween intro with the people coming out of the letters. Yeah, I, my name was just put in some hat. It seems like because I, I mean. Other than, like, oh, you just get lucky and know somebody who knows somebody, the real thing was, like, I started saying I'm an animator, which I really didn't say that before. I kind of, like, secretly animated in my room at night after work, and everyone knows I went to film school or art school, but, like, I I really didn't... As soon as I started talking about, like, I'm an animator, everybody, and I... This is what I do. It, make, it People start thinking about it and, like, offering you... Or talking about it like and now I get a lot of jobs through Instagram and social media just just pe- without even really saying that I'm available for work people are like I like what you're doing would you do this for me and that's just how it happens now and yeah for the three busy Deborah stuff it just the the three of them who run the show the Debras clearly had or Sandy was directing that the, the episode that I had the bigger piece in and just kind of said that they're like they asked because it's a live action show they asked like the animation section of Adult Swim for recommendations for animators and <clears throat> there's just some list that they look at and my name was on the list and she just really liked my stuff instead it stood out as more of the analog stuff or the hand drawn stuff Right, stood yeah. out because a lot of people. Uh, I clearly always animate frame by frame. I just don't even know how to rig characters or anything anyway. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it looks different than everyone else's stuff. Now that you're getting more commission work like that, like the little destroyer music video and things like yeah. Adult Swim uh, uh, animations, is there an expectation going in? Uh, before working with you that, yeah, no, this is going to take time because this is more of a cell-based animation. There's a lot of steps. You know, you've got the sketches, then pencil to paper, then scanning, then tracing with the ink, and then adding the acrylic and all that kind of stuff. So um, is that something that you have to be very clear about now that you're getting more of these commissions? Um, Or are you kind of leaning towards more of the tablet-based digital art in order to get stuff done faster? It's definitely all tablet stuff now. I mean, I definitely would do hand-drawn stuff again, but I, I've i been really lucky with, like, there's been really loose parameters on what it is and what it looks like because people um, with this kind of weird experimental stuff, they want to leave that open generally. Um, without being like, I need you to animate this like this and I want this to happen. But the thing that I do usually get is this is the budget and this is the timeline. And there hasn't been an instance yet where we've even offered to do cell animation. I mean, people, most people see Terra Fervor or actually my grad film, Cloudman, a lot. It keeps coming up, even though it feels really old for me. Um, and that was also all cell and film. Um, and I know and totally understand why people like that aesthetic, but um, like it's it's hard enough to get things done um, budget and time wise with the tablet. I can't. I kind of. I would like to make some kind of like 
visible grid or some kind of sample thing for people to be like, if you wanted it to look like this, this is the amount of time and money I would need. If you want it to look like this, it can have three steps or something. Because I know that everyone realistically really wants the cell animation look, but Terra Fervor... I mean, I was only able to work on it a couple hours a day, but that I was doing that for like five years. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. So lately, it's just been all about trying to get uh, the computer animation to look the way that I want it to. I I understand how meditative the process of making all of those. I mean, it sounds daunting. You know, three thousand plus cells. But you get into that meditation. You were saying you were watching Star Trek while doing yeah. this, right? So, um, in comparison, working on the computer almost exclusively, do you feel like you're able to kind of hit that flow state still, or do you feel like you're clashing with your interface? It's definitely different. It does not feel the same. I haven't I haven't done anything like that yet like that in a while either um, as far as the the project itself goes because that was really like no one even knows I'm doing this like the NFB kind of knew they gave me some money but they didn't care about the product or anything because it was such a small grant and other than that like nobody knew I was doing it so and it was it didn't have any timeline at all. It was just something I was doing in my room and it really didn't matter if it ever got finished or, you know, nobody was around to look at it. Now, now all these other projects just feel different because they're commissions or even, even like the, the eyeball movie, um, even though that's another art project for me, I was collaborating with so many other artists that it, like I hardly animated anything in that movie. So I'm, I'm kind of finding myself in like a more of a director role because the projects are getting, even the small ones are getting kind of beyond, um, j- like it's not just me doing it myself. It's more of like coordinating all of the other people working on these things. And what was that like uh, going from something where you're in control of this very, I mean, it's five years, five minutes, it's all you, and then you're going to this more kind of collaborative film where you're getting pieces from other animators. Were you really hands-on with them or letting them do their thing for the most part? A little bit of both, depending on the animator, and um, I I really like it. I like my costume. This is different, but it kind of like overlaps the the job I do in costumes is like kind of coordinating the department. So I'm used to working. I'm used to like having a, an image of what a final result is and then having a bunch of pieces of a puzzle, like putting a puzzle together and having a bunch of people, um, like available to make that work. So it feels kind of like directing in a way where I'm like, okay, I I know what the final product looks like because it's in my mind. And then I have all of these people who want to work on it and, and can put it all together. Um, it's definitely different. And like, yeah, that f- kind of flow state thing you're talking about doesn't just doesn't happen as much. I because it's it's been a lot more like I always I still am always making the storyboard and the characters and the concept initially. So I still have that time kind of alone to 
which is kind of my favorite part or it's becoming like, Oh, that's the part that I really like. And, um, like creating the world and the feeling of it. And now I'm like, I, I used to want to be, to be able to be the one who does all of it the whole time, like terror fervor. Um, but now I'm kind of like the idea of creating the idea of the world and then having all of these other people that want to work on it and, have all of these amazing uh, abilities, especially because I've already loved mixed media so much. It's like, why not take advantage of all these other styles that already exist and these people who can, can collaborate with? Absolutely. No, it's, it's such a trip. It's also really cool to see you going from like this vibe heavy short film that's just all visually based and, and uh, kind of amorphous, in terms of form to go to like a narrative, yeah. you know, even though it's still experimental, it's very much like a written narrative. Like, how did the project come to fruition to begin with? Like, was there a, a somebody that came to you to produce it or were you looking for producers? I kind of have a habit of doing this, which I did even when I was in school. Like if I, I was still working like this eyeball movie, I've also been doing for like five or six years, just slowly building the pieces of it. Um, and it started while I was still, I, while I was still in the like penciling phase of terror fervor, I would just have moments where I was like, uh, I, I need to do something live action. I need to do something collaborative just from the being in your room alone so much concept. So I just kind of like to take a, to take breaks from drawing terror fervor, I just created the eyeball character and probably from a sketch. Usually I just make like a drawing. And if I have drawn the character more than a couple times, I'm like, maybe I should make this a real person. Um, and then I just like, there's a couple of scenes in the movie, the last scene, like the death scene. And then, um, there's two 16 millimeter scenes anyway, back when I used to have my Bolex, um, that I just kind of shot with my friends in my apartment or out in a field while I was doing terror fervor. Um, and those were just kind of random scenes that I didn't know. It was just for fun basically. And cause like I had film stock and I had the camera. Um, wow, those, those shots are that old. That's they're really old. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're really That's old. Neat. And they kind of just sat there. I didn't plan on really doing anything with them. Um, it was just really fun to shoot. And then, and then I finished Terror Forever and years, years go by. Um, yeah, like I've moved apartments like three times while filming that thing. Um, <clears throat> years go by and then I, um, I shot another scene from the movie kind of randomly. Like I, sometimes if I have a birthday party or something, I'll just uses it as an excuse to film something because it's just fun and you have all your friends there and you're like, Hey, now put costumes on and I'm going to make a, <laughs> I'm going to film this scene again. I was like, and I'll put the eyeball character in it because I just have that costume. And I, I still didn't understand what the movie was or if it was a movie, it was just like, here's another scene with that guy in it. Um, I have a loose concept of what his, 
his journey is, but it was not scripted or anything. It was just like, okay, well, now he's going to walk through this party and be having some kind of teenage crisis. Um, (laughs) And then after that, I had, like, totally finished with Terra Fervor and just didn't have another project, so I um, started applying for grants again, and I got a grant with that eyeball concept, which I, like elaborated for the grant. It was like, okay, well, what is, what are these scenes and who is this character? So then I was like, I'll make like a concept here. You and, my art school training came into play and it worked and I got the first grant from BC arts. Um, and then just started filming actual scenes still mostly just with my friends, but like, more intentional and um, with money to pay people and stuff like that. For sure. And yeah, and then I kind of ran out of money and I applied for a Canada Arts Council, kind of like a completion grant where it was like, hey, I started this movie and I showed like a trailer for what had kind of already been done. And then I think that having that really helped get that grant. So then I got that, and then I just made the whole... And then I was like, ooh, now I can actually um, hire other animators and stuff. You really were doing the admin of reaching out, getting a hold of these uh, animators, and and just setting the wheels in motion for all of this. Totally. I literally went on Instagram and was like, who are all my favorite like animators I follow? And I just started messaging people and... Um, most of the people were available and already are like, we're already fans of each other kind of thing. So, um, that was really fun, kind of weird magic thing to happen. We're like, what if we just like make this thing together? And most people were like, fuck yeah, sweet. I have some money from this grant so I can kind of pay people almost properly, but (laughs) <laughs> properly in terms of like uh i guess like union based i mean or... yeah it's really hard it's really hard with animation as i'm sure you're aware like it's it's easier um with the live action stuff especially because a lot of people uh, like already work in film and i already they already they're like oh, okay well this is you're a friend and this is kind of an indie thing here's my rate and it's easy and there it is animation like is just no one can ever be paid how much they actually should be getting for this work even if you're working on a computer even if you're using ai like it's just so much work even at like the higher levels of like ooh, like you're saying like ooh, now i'm working for adult swim i did it um you're not really going to be making money <laughs> yeah Absolutely. No, I mean, that's, uh, it's the harsh reality, right. Of, of, uh, making it. Cause I was working as a visual effects editor for five years, movies that people would recognize. And the whole time it's like, huh, all right. <laughs> still not doing too great financially, you know, not yeah. still feeling like, I'm always kind of <laughs> scraping yeah. by, um, but uh, yeah, so I guess on that note, staying alive while doing this. So how has that been going for the past few years in particular, like with 
the the exposure that you have had and how how has it been navigating all of that kind of stuff and talking about your rates and and figuring yourself out as a professional yeah it's been um it's been a real journey uh because i really had no idea on the outset and i didn't even really know how to calculate it from like live action uh union rate stuff i just didn't understand how that translated into it and i also have a problem with like even though now it's been several years that I've been doing this, I keep trying new things or working on what feels like a new project or new like new um, skill set. So I'm like, ooh, I'm so new. I'll basically do this for free. Um, <laughs> that kind of thing. We're like, ooh, I'm working for T-shirts. Like, I've, you know, I've done a lot of stuff like that. And um, uh, it's really hard to ask for, to ask for what you think you should be getting, and it's really hard to find out what other people are making or what any kind of standard is. Every time I look it up or even talk to other animators, they say basically what I'm saying. It's just like everything is kind of different. Um, it's hard to even say this is an hourly rate and it's going to take me this many hours. It's just really hard to calculate that kind of thing with this work. I'm getting a little bit better at it, and especially now that I'm um, collaborating with more other people and or like kind of uh, hiring, uh, kind of hiring, uh, collaborating feels better, but I am basically being like, do you want to do this work for me? Like on the Rick and Morty ID that I did. Yes. Um, you're just kind of like, okay, well now I'm kind of responsible for what other people are getting, so it's making it easier for me to be like, it's going to cost this amount or this is, it's more that with, with projects like that, they will usually be like, this is the budget. And then it's kind of up to you as the animator or director to be like, this is what's possible with that budget. But of course you're still like, Oh my God, I get to make a commercial for adult swim. I'm going to make the best possible I'm going to put so much work into this and make this the best possible thing ever. Especially when they keep kind of escalating. Like, now it's for Rick and Morty? Oh my god, now I have to make it, like, even better and put even more work into it. And everyone else feels that way, too, where it's like, whatever, who cares what the budget is? Like, we've got to make this perfect. This is, like, a huge deal. Um... So it's kind of like you have to figure out how to balance that. Like, <laughs> I mean, the best thing that I really, I'm still not doing, but I should be doing is actually paying attention to how many hours you're putting into things. And especially, um, the thing that I was really overlooking a lot as like the, like a creative director type or whatever is like all of the hours where I'm sitting there with the notebook and I'm like plotting things out or looking at or figuring out the timing in premiere or whatever those are hours working on the project as well all of the like conference calls that you have to do or whatever even responding to emails like those are technically hours that you're working and i kind of usually just don't consider that work at all but it's like you just sat there for like six hours doing it and it was only for this commission project that somebody's paying you to do that counts as work and I think in this, what you know, whatever these creative fields, whether it be animation or you know, in, in my case, um, I've been working pretty steadily as a video editor uh, for the last year or two, and uh, I've only recently got into the habit of 
logging my hours and and really looking at how much time certain things take. And the, the hardest part was also just like, hey, an email is part of it. You know, like my wife reminds me every once in a while. She's like, you know, people get paid to be on call. Like you, yeah. you need to start kind of setting your boundaries in that sense. And that's something I struggle with because it comes with this like, oh, but I'm so lucky to be working. I'm so lucky to, uh, to just be a video editor right now. I can call myself that because I got uh, I got paid for doing it cons- consistently for a few months. So it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you feel this like, oh, I got to live up to it. Right. But it's it does yeah. cost you know, time. And, and it's, I think it's really, it's been really important and really eye opening for me to start logging my hours and be a little more uh, descriptive in that logging. I have a little plugin that I can just kind of type into and then hit the record button, toggle like T-O-G-G-L, um, not a sponsorship or anything. Just kind of like, this has been really useful uh, for yeah. kind of like a low effort way of logging my hours and kind of figuring out where that energy goes in and how much time each thing takes. I was to write it down. I, my, I, me, mine. <laughs> um, what, what, what's happening next with the film? Just like I submitted it to some festivals. So we'll see what happens with that. Um, not that I'm, not that I feel like it's a big deal, but there is like the weird lag time where you kind of just have to wait <laughs> because they, they care so much about, if it's been here, if it's been there, and you can't have it online or anything until they're done with it, basically. Um, and then I don't really know what else to do with it. I mean, I, I'll just put it on YouTube or whatever and then see if there's any other online streaming places that would take it, like um, like any of the... I'm trying to think now. Like any of the animation streaming site kind of places. And then I'll just probably apply for more grants, honestly, with it. Um, yeah. And then start working on another project. Kind of thinking of maybe a zombie movie. Oh, yeah. A feature or? Maybe not a, I don't know. I kind of like this. I know it's not, it, it doesn't, fit in as many places but like that I Me Mine is 30 minutes and I kind of like that length I mean it could be something that's like 40 minutes just feels like a good amount of time yeah it's funny I I was always like when I started working on my film I was very adamant about I'm making a feature um, in the most like wikipedia or dictionary sense of the word it's like it's it's right over 60 minutes or whatever that that's my goal and you know obviously as you work on something like things change and i was realizing pacing wise it really would work well as a 30 minute movie kind of as i was shaving things down and now that it exists as a 31 minute movie i'm really into that format yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, and again, it's like kind of frustrating that the best way to get it is either online or, um, you know, maybe it's like an anthology film, which I have plans for doing with the, the sequels. Mm-hmm. Like if I keep making parts to as, as sequels, then I can release it all as one big oh, movie. And so that's kind of the plan over time yeah. as I, you know, learn and, and build things and stuff like that. So, but that format is really cool to me. 30 minutes is, is such a great amount of time 
Yeah. And it can feel, you know, I was always like, oh, but it doesn't feel like a feature. It's like you can get a lot of stuff done in 30 minutes. I mean, your movie in, in particular, like that's a journey. Yeah, it's like a whole epic in 30 minutes, a whole lifespan in 30 minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of, no, I mean, I really wasn't cognizant of, what I, of the time that I was aiming for, I guess. And maybe just because it's filmed in like very clear little chunks and they're all like two to five minutes long. It ended up being that long. Um, yeah, I think it's a good amount of time. Oh, hell yeah. I'm tired of this, like, okay, a short has to be 10 minutes or less, and a feature has to be 60 minutes or more. It's like, but... Yeah, I, I just got so fixated on the word feature. It does sound cool, yeah. And uh, it just, it, it, I think it clouded my judgment after a while, and then I just had to look at the project and be like, what, what is this? Like, what could this movie be? Even at 30 minutes, I'm like, I'm sure somebody could watch it and be like, this needs to be shaved down. You're wasting too much time, et cetera. But it's like, because it was really hard to kind of scrape money together to just do the movie. And then on top of that, getting it into festivals is just a whole other thing. Because of the budget, because of the submission fees. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know. I, I, um, because I was lucky and got the grant, I, I wrote the, the submission fees into it. So I that's smart. Yes, because otherwise it would be really, really hard to take that out of your pocket. I don't yeah. really know, and they're so, so expensive. It's Absolutely. crazy. No, it's it's funny because like I'm just learning about this. Where like I was really just toiling away at this on my off time. I also went to like, right. I went to film school, but not animation school. So this was all uh-huh. like learning on my own time after work. Um, just feeling very adamant about, I got to get this, whatever this is, I have to just get it out. Right. Um, and then it just turned into this thing. So I was learning over time, a big, big learning curve. Again, no flow states possible because it was just fighting with a computer the whole time. Right. But yeah. And blender. <laughs> I also, I also yeah. use blender, but like that was a really hard uh, relationship to establish. <laughs> blender is, is... Sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I've definitely had moments where, like, I pull back out of the the camera view, and the entire thing is like just looks like this mashed up. Like the line work is all crossing over each other. You're like, oh my god, how did that happen? Like, at what point did I press a button where the entire thing like blew apart, and it's just like going off into infinite space? I, I when I when I was able to animate a car with like hydraulics within After Effects, I just felt like I was like, I can't believe I did this. What a fight this was, you know, to get this all, like, having the wheels do their thing and everything. But, like, the fact that there's those moments where you're just like, oh, I did. I got a thing to move. It was so great. (laughs) Just the joys of that that, um, seeing your animation come to life could be pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of what it's all about. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, absolutely. This is kind of what I'm finding, too, is, like, even the, the the jobs that I have done, there's like maybe four or five producers that I've actually worked directly for, and then like six producers who were willing to give their contact information, but I don't know them at all. I just know them either through the mentorship thing or whatever. And the thing that you have to learn how to do, which I'm slowly getting better at, is you have to start contacting these people And, like, everyone wants – there's, like, a finesse that you have to do 
where you have to like everyone wants you to reach out to them but you can't just be like uh hey here's my portfolio give me a job you have to befriend these intimidating executives somehow while also showing that you're doing work and then also just building this presence online of I mean, I should be putting stuff on YouTube, basically, or TikTok if I could do that, but I just don't even <laughs> I feel, like, too old for that. Um, yeah, so, like, even the Rick and Morty thing, I I had just done a, a job for that producer before, just from Three Busy Debras, because they were, like, those girls were just so awesome and into me. And so they were like, oh, they asked for me to do the ad, which I did. And then I was like, maybe I'll just email him again and be like, remember me? <laughs> Give me a job. And the response was like, amazing. It was exactly what you would dream of. He was like, oh, I remember you. I just happened to have this Rick and Marty job. Do you want to do this? You could start doing it next week. And here's the budget. Yeah. So like, you just have to be willing to do that, basically. That's so huge. And it's something where... You can very easily lose contact by not checking in and not reminding them that you exist. And it's not an insult mm -hmm. to you that they've forgotten about you. Totally. And, uh, it's something that I had to learn to not take personally, right? Yeah. Uh, but you, I also had to learn the hard way. It's like, hey, did, but did you follow up? No? Well, then they're going to forget about you. You know, it's, a, it's not just the work you do. It's also, you know, they have lives. They have all this stuff happening and you just have to be annoying, unfortunately, um, and remind yeah. them that you're here to help in that way. You get paid, but you're here to help, right? Yeah, I'm here to help. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the, it's like the applying for grants thing. It's really hard for some people to even start doing it because of the concept of being rejected. But even with that, it's like, even with the grants, it's not just like, ooh, they didn't like your idea. It's like, does it fit in? What are the other projects that you have that are coming in? What are the amounts of money being asked for? Like, it's really just, yeah, learning to not take everything like, they hate me and I suck. It's like, it just didn't work this time. Just like move to the next thing. I had to, I mean, I've applied for one grant uh, and I think I was overshooting, you know, in retrospect for the amount and all this stuff. It was for the film. In retrospect, you know, when I had other people who do this for a living, grant writing for not-for-profits and stuff like that, or for their own art, they read my grant. I mean, I obviously gave me tips in the beginning, then I delivered the draft to them. And I'm like, wow, this is excellent. Like, I, This is really good. But I was told by multiple people, and I'm, I'm curious if this was your experience with grant writing as well, or your current experiences like you almost have to in a flirtatious way be like i'm good without you <laughs> uh, in order to get their attention is, is that something that you've kind of um, kind of have to like so, so i do think that way. like i don't really need you but <laughs> it would be nice because i've got this idea i think that i think that honestly that's part of something that you need and i'm i'm learning that and that's been coming up in the mentorship stuff with animation specifically or like TV-based animation um, is similar to the grant thing where it's more like um, because especially with the mentorship thing it's it's less it's less like I'm here to help like you're saying and like you really would be lucky to have me like I'm the creative 
the producers or like the the grant writing bodies they want they they need you because you're the one who's going to make them look good and successful so the thing is like i'm going to be doing this anyway is the real thing not like a little bit less like i don't even need you and more like i'm so like impassioned and sure about what i'm doing i'm going to do it anyway which is kind of like what terra fervor was the i mean mine was a little bit more like I don't know if I'm going to make this movie without money because I don't know how I would. Terrifier was like, I'm literally going to sit in my room and do this no matter what. You would be lucky to have your name on it, basically. And then I do think that that works, yeah. I think that's probably a lot of why I got the Canada count, the second grant for the Eyeball movie, because I was like, look, um, I've already almost finished this movie. It's really weird and cool. BC Arts thought it was cool. And then Canon Arts, I feel like they just were like, check right away. Like, it's almost done. You're clearly going to do it no matter what. It's pretty weird looking. Someone else liked it. It would be dumb not to just give you the money at this point. You can watch Phoebe's work and follow her on Instagram through the links in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening to The Schnoodlebug Show. Spread the word, tell your friends, and go make stuff.